Welcome to the Land of Etheria. Season 1, The Shattering. Episode 41, The Mess at Morin Vale. Once upon a time, in the Land of Etheria, there was a Princess Nea and a Princess Lulu, and they went on the most amazing adventures. They had just restored the lava temple with the blazing crystals and were celebrating with their friends, Corin and Finn, at Sparlin Castle, when all of a sudden there came a knocking at their door. When they opened the door, they found Princess Ellery from Morinvale and Darius sitting on top of his bare rose. Princess Ellery, Darius, what brings you two here? Lulu asked giving her best friend a huge hug. We have a very big problem up at Morinvale. Is it true that you have the Blazian Crystals and the Tornadian? Yes, along with Corrin of Forevermore and Finn of Neverstone Deep. Morinvale is in complete disarray. There are never-ending storms, and we've been unable to make fires or light or lamps. Nea and Lulu looked at each other. It must be the shattering of the orb. All around Etheria, towns and villages were experiencing the same things. Then, from the entryway, they were interrupted by a voice they hadn't heard in a long time. You have all come a long way, and done an extraordinary work on your adventures. Tuck! shouted the princesses and Corin. The three of them ran over to the lion and gave him a huge hug. The lion rubbed his head against the adventurers, then began to walk around the group. He was accompanied by Simon, Ruby, Nikisha, and Jewel. Ellery of Morinvale, Darius, son of Simon, Corn of Forevermore, Princess Nea and Lulu of Sparland. And he took a brief pause to make deliberate eye contact with Finn. His eyes were strong and powerful, yet deep. And inquisitive. Finn of Neverstone Deep. Finn had never met Tuck before. He had met Ryla the hawk, but never Tuck the lion. He almost immediately felt unworthy and weak. Tuck, he said, lowering his head. He wasn't sure what to do, but that seemed to feel right. Tuck walked over to Finn and sat before him getting eye to eye. He took a deep breath and looked deep into Finn's eyes. Let's give them a moment, the shadow man said, and the rest of them walked out of the main chamber. Immediately, Darius gave his father a hug, and the rest of the adventurers caught up with their old friends. It looks like you all have been pretty busy, said Ruby. Not that I ever doubted you. And you know that elf chief? Is still stone, right? Asked Nikisha. Nea and Lulu nodded. We'll need both devouring crystals for that. Nikisha nodded in agreement. Did you know there's an elf village on the Withered Isle? Nea asked her. Nikisha nodded. There are more than that. The elves are coming around, thanks to your work. Your reputation is known all throughout the elven villages. Now... And even the royals are asking to meet you. When you are ready, of course. 
Princess Nea and Lulu blushed. They had heard about the elf royals, but had never met them. They were said to be enchanted fighters and kept their distance from most of Etheria. Their villages on the nearby areas of Etheria were kept safe and run by local chiefs. Let's not forget about the dwarf camps, Ruby interjected. How are the dwarfs? Elefania, Potifania, and Jacob. And Princess Blue, asked Nea. Well, I think they're getting a little testy with each other, she chuckled a little. But that's expected of dwarves. Last I heard, she was taking them underwater to the ocean ruins, then meeting up with an ogre friend of yours with a magic map. Wall? asked Lulu. To this, Simon, son of Elon, answered. Yes, he's been traveling with his sister and Prince Paul now. He's quite the adventurer, after all. He has come in real handy. And what of William and Clef? They are almost ready, answered Tuck walking into the chamber with Finn. Everyone looked over at the lion and at Finn, who walked next to him. It was obvious that Finn was feeling different. Nia and Lulu couldn't quite put their finger on it, but he stood a little taller, and his eyes were bigger. Prince William of Cedar Landing, Prince Clef of New Halowisp, and the other warriors are close, much to the credit of their teachers. He looked over at Simon, Ruby, Nikisha, and Jewel. But there is still much work for you. We must restore the crystals before the darkness takes over. What about the last crystal? The black one? Does the ogre still have it? Asked Ellery. The lion sighed. That he does. But that story isn't written yet. For now, you must go to Morinvale, as Princess Ellery has mentioned, before it's too late. The lion nodded to his companions, and they all walked out of the room. Princess Ellery had a carriage that could fit everyone, and they immediately rode to Morinvale to see if there was still time to help the townsfolk. On the way up, Nea couldn't help but ask Finn what Tuck had told him. Honestly, it wasn't really what he said. Finn took a deep breath. It was how he made me feel, being around him. Nea could relate to the feeling. Tuck was so big and strong and fierce, but also approachable and soft. He told me a lot of the stuff Ryla had been telling me, but coming directly from him, it was more real. Ryla's voice is soft and pleasant, but his is so powerful. Nea again just nodded because she could relate. This isn't going to be easy but I think I'm starting to understand a little more how this works. These crystals and all. The rest of the trip, Finn looked out the window while the rest of them caught up on how big and grand their adventure had become. Not just for them, but for all Etheria. When they got to Morinvale, King Bartholomew, Ellery's father, met them immediately. Father, Ellery announced as soon as she saw him. I found them and brought them back to Morinvale. As she spoke, the wind chaotically knocked over a nearby barrel. I'm afraid we have another problem, he said. Follow me back to the castle, quickly. Back at the castle, he explained that his head advisor had gotten very sick the last few days and was up in her chambers resting. When he explained the symptoms, Darius took special attention. To him, 
It sounded like she was just as sick as he was when he first met Nan and Lulu so many weeks ago. We should capture some special gale wind from the wind caves of Mount Willows and infuse it with one of the crystals, just like you did for me, he said, remembering what they had done when he was sick. What about the wind me and Corin can make with the crystals? asked Lulu. Don't you think that can be just as powerful? Darius looked surprised. Well, maybe, he said. It hadn't occurred to me that maybe you and Corin could make special wind. Let's try it. So they got a jar, and Lulu pulled out her yellow crystal and began to let its power out. A small tornado began to twirl in her hand. Darius walked over with the jar, captured it, then used his own white crystal in the jar. As soon as he put his crystal in the jar, the air started to spin with little white sparkles, like confetti, and they brought the jar of twisting, sparkling wind over to the advisor. She leaned forward and began to breathe in the air, and as the magic worked through her body, she gave two heavy coughs and a big, deep breath. When she breathed in, her body began to feel better almost immediately. It worked, shouted Naya. The king smiled and gave his friend a big hug. It looks like these crystals are good for more than just healing the elements. Speaking of the elements, Ellery said, while windowsills banged against the side of the castle, we need to tame this wind down and get everyone their fire back. Do you guys mind? She motioned back out of the castle where all four of the keepers pulled out their crystals. And for the first time, they experienced what happens when a set of crystals are used together. As the four of them held out their crystals, the two Tornadian and the two Blazian crystals, they began to hover above each keeper's hand, only to gravitate towards each other and begin to spin together in a tight circle, each crystal letting out a small spiral of energy, one for each color, that spun around the buildings of Morinvale and then up into the sky. Then, another spiral of energy into the ground and through the village. Finally, one last surge back to the crystals as they floated back to the palms of their hands. That was awesome, said Finn. Yeah, agreed Corin. And both Ellery and her father were so excited and so thankful that their village had been restored. Little did they know that this was just the beginning for Morinvale, for there was more to come. The end. The Land of Etheria is produced by a father-daughter team and made possible in part to its supporting fans. It's contributions from fans like you that keep the adventure going. If you enjoy The Land of Etheria and would like to see more episodes, please visit us at www.thelandofetheria.com and consider supporting the podcast. Thank you and have a great day.